We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. Takes the snap, looking left, now back to the right, into the end zone, to Diggs for the touchdown! It's a 17-yard touchdown reception! Can you dig it? Allen back to pass, blitz coming, fires to the end zone, wide open to Gabe Davis, the touchdown maker! Fakes the handoff to Murray, Allen running out, pump fakes and he's going to waltz into the end zone! Monday Night Football returns to Orchard Park tonight. Bill's second Monday Night game of the season, of course. They fell short on Monday Night Football to open the season at the New York Jets back in Week 1. Sal Capaccio here on a Monday Extra Point Show on a Buffalo Football Monday. It's presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. And by Speed Global, around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. And again, you can be you can watch this show right now. Another hour here on the... Facebook page, WGR's Facebook. It is facebook.com slash WGR550. Check it out. I'm uh, right here talking to you, both audio and on video on the Facebook page. Joining me right now on the Wester Hotline, our good buddy Matt Bove, WKBW-TV Channel 7 Sports Director. I think the last time we talked um, uh, before Monday Night Football, we did talk before the Jets game, and we were kind of reminiscing about Monday Night Football and that music. It never gets old, Matt. Right? You hear that music, you just get charged up. Yeah, absolutely you do, but if that is the case, if this is the last time that we've done this, the Monday night game against the Jets, maybe we should just stop the interview now, and maybe that's just bad luck, <laughs> and we shouldn't do it again. <laughs> uh, maybe. I guess you're right about that. Let's hope it turns the other way. People can blame us if that's the case. All right, so your uh, your panic meter, what's your level of panic meter right now with the Buffalo Bills? I mean, I know that if they lose tonight, it gets completely off the charts and it goes through the roof, but before before that, right now, what are you feeling, and where's your level of concern? Scale of 1 to 10, is that what we're going with? Uh, sure, let's do it that way, yep. I would say I'm at like a 6, where 5 is okay. concerned, but not, you know, panicking. 10 is full-on panic. I'm just a little past 5, so I would say 6. I, I like it. This team has, yep. I think this team has some real problems. I think they've got some real flaws, and I think they've kind of put themselves into a hole that might be a little bit tricky to climb out of. I think they absolutely have the talent to. I mean, following the Bengals game and everything that we watched happen yesterday around the league, it's like, okay, wow, look, the Browns have six wins. The Steelers have six wins. But I do think, first off, those teams all still have to like play each other, so they're going to beat each other a little bit. And for the Bills, I think it's very much control your own destiny. I think if you win six games, you're yep. absolutely getting into the playoffs. I think if you win five games, you probably are getting into the playoffs. And honestly <clears> – <throat> The Bengals game last week, I think, was the hardest game left on their schedule. I'm, I'm willing wow. to listen to the Eagles on the road. I'm also willing to listen to the Chiefs. But, and the Cowboys look good, too. 
I think they're good enough to win one of those games and then win all of the rest of the games that they're supposed to win. And if you do that, then you're in, or at least you should be in. So that's why I'm concerned, but I'm certainly not panicking, at least not yet. And the Eagles and Chiefs play next week on Monday Night Football, by the way. So, yeah. you know, yeah, a lot of these teams are playing each other. And I know the Eagles are NFC, but, you know, you, you, you brought up the right point there. I had an interesting discussion with Jeremy and Joe this morning. I said what you did, which is all those other teams play each other. The, NFC, the AFC North keeps playing each other. Jeremy's take was that's bad for the Bills. I don't think it has to be. I think it can be good. You give more losses and more conference losses to whoever loses. Yes, I know that a team wins and you keep them alive. But if the Bills take care of business, you're giving another team a loss somewhere along the line as well. Yeah, that's what I think as well. And I think there's two teams who have only played two games in the AFC North. And I believe that is the Bengals and I believe that's the Steelers. So those teams are going Mm -hmm. to have to play four games against their division opponents. And if the division is as good as it looks like from the outside looking in, that, yeah, I see Jeremy's point where it's like, okay, yeah, but somebody's going to win. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, somebody's also going to lose. And let us not forget I feel like the division we've almost pushed to the back burner, but it is still very much a division race. The Bills are a half yes. behind the Dolphins, and they That's have right. the tiebreaker at the current moment. So you need Miami to slip up a couple times more than they're probably expected to from here on out. But, I mean, really, if you go into the last game of the year, let's say, and you have six losses and the Dolphins have five losses, guess what? It's a win for the division game. And then you're hosting a playoff game, and it would be four straight seasons with the division. So it is certainly not looking as comfortable as it has for the last three years, even even in 2019. At this point in the season, they had a better outlook than they do right now. But at the end of the day, they have one more loss than most people probably thought they would have at this point. Maybe the games played out a little bit differently, but, you know, if they were six and three instead of five and four, I don't think anybody is nearly as concerned. You know, um, you're so right about that that Miami thing. I make the point all the time. It's really the division that is more attainable than even a wild card at this point because they're a half game behind. If it does come down to that, Matt, I don't want it to because I think the league would flex it to that Monday night game then. If it's winning in yeah. for the division, we may be looking at a, a flexed Monday night week 18 game. I do not want to see that. No, if it's winning in for the division, I think it would be especially interesting if it was one of those scenarios like last year where you had the Lions and the Packers. Now, obviously, the Lions could not make the playoffs, but if the Packers lost, they missed the playoffs. And it feels like with how good the AFC is, if it does come down to that last game, there is a chance that whoever loses that game does not make the playoffs. And that would be, you know, must-see TV. And even though... A lot of people think the Dolphins are frauds. I am not one of those people. I am higher on the Dolphins than a lot of people. You know that better than anybody doing the podcast with me. I still, yep. you know, I think the Bills would give them a great game, but I don't feel comfortable. Like, if you gave me that option right now for the Bills and we're like, winning in week 17, week 18, whatever it is, against the Dolphins, do you take it? I don't think I do because I think that no. you're good enough to beat them but at the same time, there should be other ways that you're able to ultimately get into the playoffs. All right, Matt. So you said it a minute ago. The um, There are concerns for this team. Matt Bove, by the way, Western Hotline. You can catch Matt and I together on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's the original Odyssey podcast. Check it out wherever you download and listen to your podcasts. We've been doing the show together for about a year and a half now. It's been going really great and uh, got a lot of great feedback, great new listeners every week. So we appreciate you there. We're also uh, at the South Sports YouTube channel on video. You said there are concerns. 
like what's the what's the top concern for you? What is what is the number one thing? It could be as broad or as specific as you want, but what's the number one concern for you for the Buffalo Bills right now? The Bills trying to turn Josh Allen into something that he isn't, and that is a efficient pocket passer who takes what defenses give him, and they are scared of making mistakes. And I think that has been the biggest reason why the offense mm-hmm. has looked slow and stagnant for the last month and a half. They haven't looked good since the Dolphins game. Going into the Dolphins game, I think they were prepared for a shootout, and they knew that they needed to take shots with their offense, and look what happened. They scored 48 points ever since then. I just don't think they look like themselves. I think, honestly – the offense and Josh are a little gun shy from the first game of the season against the Jets when the three turnovers, all, the four turnovers because of the fumble, lost them the game. Like, quite frankly, they should have won that game, but they made way too many mistakes. And I feel like since that, they've tried to be a little bit more conservative and play complete football. And I think that in a perfect storm, that makes sense. But you don't have a healthy defense. You don't have a defense that I trust to get you off the field in a must-win situation. What happened against New England? The offense takes the lead late. The defense lets Mac Jones go down the field and score a touchdown. They lose the game. So I feel like you need to lean all in on something, and that needs to be the offense. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're just a little bit too predictable, vanilla, safe. And that's not things that I want an offense led by Josh Allen to be. I want those adjectives to be exciting, dangerous, high-flying, not conservative (laughs) and vanilla and safe. But it feels like that's what it's been. Yeah, I like it. That's a great way to look at it. On the other side of the ball, the injuries are very concerning, though. I mean, if you think about it right now, tonight, without Hyde, without Benford, if Terrell Bernard were unable to play, I mean, even with him, it would be pretty ridiculous. But if he were not able to play, I think only four starters would remain from the opening game against the Jets, right? Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, Jordan Poyer, and who am I missing? That's it. I mean, and Bernard would be the fourth, so maybe three only. No, but Bernard didn't start week one. So your point's kind of valid regardless, right? That's right. Wait, did he did so, no, he did. Didn't he start week one? I can't remember. Did he not? No, I think I think he started week two. I think he didn't I don't okay. think he played week one. I think it was Dodson. I'm gonna go back and look, but either way, the point is three or four at the most, right? I mean it's very concerning. I mean you can take injuries and I think there's some people who have criticized them for building a team that isn't deep. And I'm like, listen, you can build a team that's deep and still be decimated by injuries at the way that they are right now. I mean, they are without their best player defensively in Matt Milano, maybe their second best player defensively in Tredavious White, because he really looked like he was starting to turn a corner. Their most underrated player defensively in Daquan Jones. And now you're without Micah Hyde, who has been, I would say, of the two safeties, even though he's been not great, probably a bit more consistent. And then Christian Benford is your starting cornerback. So, you're really thankful you have Russell Douglas now because you need two guys and Dane Jackson is coming off of a good game. But this is not the team that I think you want to be super banged up against just because they have offensive weapons. Like Russell Wilson has not had a bad season. They're not losing games because of him. And then you've got Cortland Sutton and you've got Jerry Judy and you've got Javante Williams. So I think they're going to score points tonight. And that's why I think the offense needs to figure it out because I do not think this game is going to be like what we saw against some of the other teams that they've put, like the Bucks game. I don't think this is going to be a 24 to 18 game or whatever the score of that game was. I think this is going to be a 31 to 30 game, or maybe there's a little bit more of a gap there, like 31, 27 bills or something like that. I do want to point out just so we're correct on this. Terrell Bernard did play that first game. He started, he started Monday night oh, wow. at the Jets okay. that week. Um, and actually they had Leonard Floyd who started, 
Greg Rousseau at Oliver. Taron Johnson were missing. So it's actually five, maybe six, but it's also playtime. Von Miller for Floyd as a starter, Rousseau, whoever. But the whole point is half their defensive starters have been lost yeah. since then. There's no Micah Hyde tonight. There's no Christian Benford tonight. There's no Tredavious White tonight. Um, and there's no Matt Milano tonight. So that's four very key players right there. Um, I want to go back to the offense right now. I mean, this is a um, this is an offensive coordinator that's under fire from a lot of fans, right? Ken Dorsey. I, I, I can't see. This is not the mode of the Bills to make a change in season. How bad would it have to get for something like that to happen? I mean, if they go out tonight and it's just the same all and they can't, does, do we start to inch closer to having the conversation that not should it happen, but would Sean McDermott and the organization actually do it? I thought it might happen last week after the Bengals game. So I don't think it's too wow. soon to have that conversation. I don't think it's too early to have that conversation. They are in a window right now that they cannot let slip away. And the reason that they are potentially going to let this slip away is because of the offense. It's not because of the defense, even with all the injuries, they have been good enough for the most part on that side of the ball. That doesn't mean I think the defense is really good. It just means most games they have not been the letdown. It has been the offense. And there's going to be somebody who takes the fall. That doesn't mean I think it should happen. But there will be if this continues to slip away, and it's not going to be Sean McDermott, and it's certainly not going to be Josh Allen, and that brings us to Ken Dorsey. I just think when I watch their offense, they don't have an identity. I think they're trying to find what their identity is, and I feel like they are going into games kind of with a plan, and then there's not much adjustment from that plan. I think they go into a game and they're like, this is what we plan to do, and if it works, then great, and if it doesn't work, then they have a hard time adjusting to something else. And I know that's easier said than done, and it's a very, very tough league, and it's a very tough thing to do. But I just don't understand how a team with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and now Dalton Kincaid, who looks like a legitimate stud and an improved offensive line, could be struggling to consistently produce. And it feels like that's what they're doing. I, I do think the margin for error is super small, right? Like the last game that they lost mm-hmm. to the Bengals, you have – a fumble at the 12-yard line from Dalton Kincaid that takes points yeah. off the board, and you have the intentional grounding bogus penalty, which takes a field goal chance off of the board. So let's say right there you're looking at somewhere between 6 and 10 points. I think the outlook of the week looks a lot different if they score 24 points, if they score 27 points, but they don't because those margins are so small. And they score 18, and it makes you wonder, like, man, what's up? And if it was just a one-time thing, then I think Dorsey would have a longer leash, but this is not a one-time thing anymore. This is now five games of bad and consistent offense where they're averaging 20 points a game with Josh Allen as their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they've played five straight one-score games. You want to talk about margin of error, even the game before that. If if Jordan Phillips doesn't get called for the face mask penalty, they probably walk away with a victory, ho-hum, you know, get out of there, last couple drives, you know, fourth quarter, maybe a score again. Instead, they're literally two feet from a Hail Mary being caught and losing the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and then I just look around the league yesterday, and this is, like I said, I'm a 6 out of 10 on a scale of concerned, and this is kind of a counterpoint to that, or it contradicts that. But look at what the Cowboys did to the Giants. They embarrassed them. Look at what the Texans did to the Bengals. The Texans go into Cincinnati and beat them. And I know it's a week-to-week league, but you look around and you see these other teams doing that to opponents where the Bills have lost to or struggled against. The 49ers win 34-3 against the Jags, who beat the Bills. And I know it's not a perfect correlation, but I sit there and I'm like, man, like why is it so hard for these guys? Because they are better than a lot of these, or at least I think they're better than a lot of these teams. We just haven't seen them at their best yet. 
since really the Dolphins game. And that would probably be the only time where I would say the Dolphins game and the Raiders game. I would say, yeah, you dominated those games. After that, nothing has looked easy. No doubt about it. Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. And on, a, on the podcast, we don't take live calls. Matt, how about we take a call? I'm going to take a call with somebody on because they want to talk about something we've been talking about. Are you okay with that? I want to make sure you are first. All right? Yeah, let's do of it. course. Absolutely. All right. All right, let's do it. Let's go to uh, Andy. Uh, can we merge the calls here? Oh, wait. Oh, you know what? Can uh, I think Josh has to maybe merge the calls there if we can do it. Okay, hold on. I'm going to have Josh do this. Andy, I think, is going to be next up. Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo, WKBW-TV, Channel 7 Sports Director. Uh, go ahead, Andy. You can go ahead. I think Matt can hear you either way. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, do we have him? You guys hear me? Sorry. You guys hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Andy. You're on. All right. Hey, yep. hey so lo- love your commentary all the time. Um, I do want to point out something. You brought up a, a bunch of different times with regards to Dorsey. And you, and you point yep. out, like, you know, he got the sample approval from Josh Allen. And that was something yep. that Josh blessed him. And the problem is he was 24 years old, 25 years old when he gave him the blessing. Does he really even know what a good coordinator looks like? You know, at that point in time, he had a, a brand new Wyoming coach. And if you think about it, it's kind of the, I use the analogy with my kids. Like if, if my kids had to pick a teacher, yeah, they would always love to pick a substitute teacher. They'll have to watch movies and do whatever the heck they want. You know, did, did he pick Dorsey because he's a quarterback coach, right? Because he's a quarterback. Well, that's a good question. Let me, I, I, I want to get Matt's thoughts on this, but my initial reaction is let's remember, it's not just, it's not Josh picking him. It's not the organization exactly. making sure like you're, 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 you know, who are you comfortable with and you know, how do you want this to go? And you know, what's more well, best for you? What's more comfortable for you? No, does a 25 year old really know? Like it wasn't Brady in his like eighth year in the league there. He knew the coordinator. Does a 25-year-old Josh Allen really know what a good coordinator? Um, he just, it, it seems like he just picked the quarterback's coach that's struggling to run an offense. What do you think, Matt? I, I think it's a great point. I think he was trying to pick familiarity, and I think he thought that it was going right. so well with Dable that it would continue with Dorsey, and they would just yep. kind of try and keep a good thing going, and I do not think that that has been the case. I think we are seeing now how good of an offensive play caller Brian Dable was and how there is such a massive learning curve from going from a quarterback's mm-hmm. coach as somebody who was a quarterback for a long time to the guy actually calling the plays because there is an art to calling the plays. And I don't think anybody anticipated that Ken Dorsey was going to be unbelievable at this right out of the gate. I think there's a reason it takes guys a lot of time to figure it out. But I also do not think Josh ever envisioned that it was going to be this bumpy of a road. I think the biggest difference between Dable and Dorsey for me has been that Dable always had a couple plays dialed up that he knew were going to work in situations when he knew they needed them to work. And I think that gave Josh an added sense of confidence because even in a situation where you had a third and five or a third and ten, you'd go, okay, we have this play that is going to work here. I do not think they have that with Dorsey, and then I think those mistakes are even compounded now that they're trying to have Josh protect himself from running the ball because that was the ultimate like wild card, right? Like They would have an offensive play that would not work, and you have 24-, 25-year-old Josh Allen who thinks he can do anything who's like, oh, I don't have anybody open. I'm going to go jump over a linebacker, and we're going to get a first down. But now you've got all of these people in his head where they're like, Josh, you need to avoid doing this so you can extend your career and play an extra two or three years. Now, I don't think they utilize him in the run game nearly as much as they should. I think there's a balance. But, no, I think Andy's point is totally valid. I think that his his opinion, Josh's opinion, was always going to be something that they listened to. 
But I also don't think the only reason Dorsey got the job was because Allen vouched for him. I think they no, wanted to that, try and keep the familiarity, and yeah. it just it just hasn't worked. Andy, thanks for the call. Good stuff, buddy. Appreciate you. Hope that helped. That, that, perfect. Oh. No, I was, was going to ask, is it an indicator that, like, the fact that he's in shotgun a lot, also having a very quarterback-forward thinking OC, right, versus – Well, oh, wait, that is – that's actually, if you listen, we – I. Um, a few weeks ago, I know I and other people have asked Ken Dorsey about this, Andy. Ken Dorsey has basically said that Josh likes to be in shotgun. He said, you want to do things your quarterback's comfortable with. Yes, we know that other metrics and things say that we can do this and it might be, but you want to make sure. And I, I have to respect that too, right? I mean, like, you don't want to make him put him in uncomfortable situations. Josh likes being in shotgun. He can see the defense a little better. He understands, you know, and you can... uh do some things that he's more comfortable with, but that's part of it. That's not just on Dorsey. I got the sense, Matt, maybe you would disagree. I got the sense even Dorsey would feel he'd like to be have him under center more, but that's not the preferred option for Josh and where he feels comfortable. Yeah, I actually asked Josh this a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, can you help explain this to me? Because I understand that all of the metrics show that you're a better passer under center than you are in shotgun. Why are you just not under center all the time? And he said it's a little bit of, you want to keep a defense on their toes and you don't want to be predictable because there's certain plays that they know you will run out of under center and certain plays that you'll run only out of shotgun. And it's also just a comfortability thing. So I do think that even though yeah. it might not look like it on the surface, I do think that Allen is probably more comfortable in shotgun than he is under center, which is weird because the numbers actually tell a different story. <laughs> but obviously we're looking, we're looking at a sample size of – five games of struggle, not, you know, the 26 years of his life. That, well, not 26 years, but the 16 years of his life or whatever it is that he's played football. All right. I know you uh, have a lot going on. I kept you a little bit longer. Thank you for that. Thanks for helping take a call there. That was really good stuff. Uh, what do you guys got going on today? You have the game. It's going to air tonight. It's not just on ESPN. It's also on Channel 7 locally. Yeah, so we've got a pregame show at 7 o'clock. We've got a sit-down interview with Von Miller. We're doing a live interview on the air with Stevie Johnson. He's the fan of the game. We've got a you know a reporter who's going to be out in the parking lots with all the fans losing their minds. Hopefully everybody's behaving. And we've got everything <laughs> planned. We've got all of our coverage starting at 7 o'clock. So, you know, we'd appreciate anybody who checks it out. And obviously, if you're watching the game on the TV tonight, watch it on Channel 7. That'd be appreciated. You got it, buddy. All right, enjoy the game. I'll see you down at the stadium tonight. And, of course, Matt and I will hook up on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo for your post-game podcast. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, Sal, we're going to have to do this at, what, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning? So drink your coffee today. <laughs> I know, make, sure you got an, make sure you got an energy drink or something. I got it right now. Thanks, you too. Talk to you later. See ya. All right, that is Matt Bove, always doing a great job. It's always game day in Buffalo and also WKBW-TV Channel 7 in Buffalo. All right, let's get to our electric play of the game from yesterday real quick before we hit the break. we got to do this. This is our electric play of the game, and it is brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai. Check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. It comes to us from the Cleveland Browns against the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth quarter. Takes the snap, looks to his right. Ball is swatted high in the air, and it is intercepted by the Browns. Greg Newsom along the sidelines into the end zone. Touchdown Cleveland, 33 yards off the deflection at the line of scrimmage. No penalty flags. That made it 31-30. They missed the extra point. They get the ball back. They go down the field. They kick the field goal. Walk-off field goal. Browns beat the Ravens. Exciting game. Incredible fourth quarter. Looked like the Ravens were going to walk to victory after a pick six they had. The Ravens started the game with a pick six. The Browns kind of ended or near the end of the game had a pick six. Fantastic football game. 
And a big part of it was that electric play of the game. It's brought to you by Town Town Mazda and Town Hyundai. Check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. Patrick Hammer, on the way next, we will get one final weather check. I'll also give you an update on when Abbott Road closes, what time the gates open, all that stuff for Monday Night Football here in Buffalo when we come back here on the Extra Point Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.